0: Welcome back to What in the Wedding, everyone. Ashley is going to pick us right up where we left off in this two-part series, so if you missed part one, please go back and listen to that. When we were editing this, we decided it was a wee bit too long, so we abruptly cut it going into cocktail hour reception, so that's where we're going to pick up where we left off and end it with some Q&A as always. Enjoy. I will photograph the reception. I drive in there like Cruella de
1: Um yep. so at that point we're transitioning into getting the reception set up while people are, or guests are at cocktail hour. Um right. I would say cocktail hour is really set about 30 or sorry, reception is set 30 minutes into cocktail hour. So cocktail hour is an hour. So say your cocktail hour is okay. at 5: It's about 5:30 your reception is completely done. It's candles are lit, everything's ready to go, everything that was repurposed is set. Um, just the room, the lighting is great. I'm usually working with the DJ at that point while he already has, Ooh, my, I just had a disaster happen. Um, all these things went flying. I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's a ghost in here. Um, so please don't say that. I just moved into this house. That's scary. Um, anyways, <sighs> Sidebar. Um, so I usually am working with DJ and band, like make sure your lighting is on if the couple is now trying to get back for a f- first look of the reception. So this is where another thing in your timeline where a first look with the two of you is going to give you more opportunities to join cocktail hour if you want to. Um, yes. And if you want to do a first look of the reception. Right. I would say that you can still do a first look of the reception even with no first look. But if you do not do a first look, you are not going to mm-hmm. be able to join cocktail it's hour. There's just like literally was, no way you, yeah. you, I literally base my timeline on five to six cocktail mm-hmm. hour guests get into the room by six 15. Cause it takes time for them to find their names and get to their seats and get settled. So I'm literally giving that photographer like a good hour and not having them arrive until literally mm-hmm. right before announcements into reception. Mm-hmm. Like if you're getting announced in the reception at six 20, I'm usually telling a photographer they need to be there at six fifteen to give five minutes for a bustle because I'm quick six at six
0: fifteen. Uh, How about like six, six ten? So like you know like me. I cut enough. it, I cut it to the I wire because I'm quick.
1: But, but usually you're back anyway. So a lot of my photographers are back earlier, but I put as like that is the final, you cannot be later than that. 6.15 it is, because I'm going to be honest with you, if I say 6.20 for announcements, it's going to be 6.25 because you're going to have guests that are still trying to get to the bar. You're going to have guests that are still kind of lost. You have DJs and bands making announcements for guests to sit down. So it really ends up being five minutes after. Um, I always put on my timelines like a time, but I know willingly it's probably going to be about five minutes after
0: just and- because you're working with vendors and you're working with guests and all of that. And also – if you want your reception photographed and I used to say, and it's not done prior to the ceremony, which doesn't even matter anymore because most people get uplighting and the DJs aren't either aren't gonna be there to turn the uplighting on, some are on battery powered uplighting. So they don't want to turn them on any earlier than they have to be. So in the last year, year and a half, I have just been planning that I will, you know me, I will photograph the reception. I drive in there like Corella Deville. And I bounce out of my car and my assistant runs over and gets in the driver's seat to go pack, you know, go, go park and then pack to bring the rest of the stuff that we need. But I just take one flash stand in my camera and I'm like, hi, Ashley. And I run into that reception hall. And a lot of times you have been standing security guard, making sure no guests get in there. I can't roll in 5 minutes before announcements and get reception covered. That's why I said like 6, 6:10 at the latest for a 6:20 announcement because I need that time to have the DJ shoot the uplights like like you said all candles have been lit um and so I can run around and have 10 minutes to just get reception covered.
1: Yes. So it's wild. Yes. That's my biggest it's thing is wild. getting you it is wild. I uh, My goal is to get photographer and videographer in there for mm-hmm. at least 10 to 15 minutes of detailed yeah. shots in the reception. That's my goal. Even if we have to like play with cocktail hour for five minutes, mm-hmm. I let the venue know like, hey, we're almost done. Like just give us five more minutes mm-hmm. because especially if they spent a lot of money on decor and aesthetic, I want them to have detailed yeah. shots of that reception site. That would be devastating. Yes. Um, to not have those moments. So yeah, if you're doing a first look of the reception, that's great too, because it's going to give it. I give about, so say cocktail hours over at six, I say 545. That way they can get some detailed shots as well as then get a first look with the two of you. Right. I think it's a nice moment. You get to have some of your hors d'oeuvres, you get to have a uh, your drink, and then I whisk you back out of there before we let guests in. Um, that's just like a a special moment and it's becoming more of a trend now but it's not necess- it's not a necessary thing if right. you're like oh that doesn't bother me like i don't need to see my reception all
0: set so that's right. just another option that you can add before announcements and if you're having a winter wedding you're not going to likely get the opportunity to have your photographer or videographer. So what I recommend you do is set a vendor table. Like I usually, pardon me, I usually like say we don't need a vendor table. We don't need a special place to sit. But if you want your centerpiece and table set and everything photographed without any guests there, without it being touched, have a vendor table, tuck it in the corner. So that no guests yes. to touch that table, and then still, sometimes you're going to have your wedding crashers that come in and say, "Oh, empty table with no names. That's where I'm sitting. Um, That's where I'm I going." Will, I will kindly ask them if they can just stand up for a minute. I won't tell them like, "Hey, this is my table and this is where I'm going to sit." I'm just like, "Can you stand Get up for out of here?" <laughs> because this is the table that was meant for me to photograph because everyone else is already in here. And they'll be like, "Oh yeah," and I'll take yes. a picture of that and then go tell the planner, "Hey, there's people sitting at our table, so I'm going to eat in the hallway, and I don't care."
1: Yeah. This exactly. is where as a planner, like I will make sure there's place cards there so that it does look like people are there. That makes sense. Um that way that you can get your detailed shots of that reception table. I know it always happens with December, January, winter weddings yeah. in general. Because you can't that be outside. You run into you cannot be outside. So, um,
0: you just miss those, but
1: that's a, that's a good way of putting it. And
0: then you Having said, put the bouquets table. on the table. Can we start? And I, i I always go in and you've seen me do it. I got busted at our wedding last December, like <laughs> redoing the sweetheart table, because if you put the bouquets <laughs> in vases, standing yes. straight up, when speeches happen, the bouquet is blocking someone's face. So we can't. And I would see like to face. mention
1: this was not me. Mm-hmm. I'd like to mention this
0: was not me. It was. Because I think it of was,
1: things like this. Yeah,
0: it was like it wasn't a guess. To it was. Kept going over to fix it, and so I, I, think I finally took the it vase and I hid it under the table so that they couldn't keep putting it. And I get like they yes. were just trying to be helpful. They kept walking over, going why is this bouquet not in the vase with the water? Why is it laying on the side? So they kept putting it in the vase and then I kept going over and putting it back out of the vase and laying it down. Very pretty. So it looked like it was part of like the tablescape on the sweetheart table. But that way, whenever speeches happened, I wasn't walking up in the middle of video coverage and speeches being like, you need to move that bouquet. I was trying to be proactive. The bridesmaid was trying to be helpful. So Ashley busted me like run over and like grab the whole vase of water and hide it. That way it wouldn't keep ending <laughs> up <laughs> in there Because
1: it's going to be like in their face. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to see yeah. any of your face during speeches yeah. or anything with that huge flower. So I um, keep that in mind. Usually I have the vase for the couple that's usually like – florist just sit it right in between them. I think it's just because they're looking at it from a design aspect. I will move it over to the side um just until most of those photos are done. And then if they want it back in front of them, most of the time they just want it to stay right. Right. It's usually towards the left of one of the couples so that you can like not you can see their faces.
0: I think it looks prettier lying down. But the only thing, because
1: it kind of hangs over,
0: yeah. The only thing you're going to run into is bouquets that have hydrangeas. Hydrangeas can only be out of water for about 15 minutes before they start getting wilty and gross. So that's something to consider. But again, professional veteran vendors are going to know these things that we just learned over time. Like there was no way we could know this when we were brand new.
1: No way. Oh my god. (laughs) The weddings I did for the start, I would say the first couple of years. Ooh, right they're coming for me even they they we are still like friends and we you know we don't talk anymore but like oh my gosh they just praise me up and down and I'm like oh man I didn't know anything back then but I like I gave it my all was it, so the same so one. I but think that's that-
0: the difference It's the same with photos. Like sometimes couples will reach out to me and be like, Hey, I had a family member that passed away. I can't find my USB. We moved. It's packed away. Is there any chance you have this photo of them? It's the one we want to use at the funeral. And I'm like, Yeah, absolutely. And I pull up some of my older weddings and I'm like, Hannah. Where is all your color? Where is all your contrast? There is no pop to any of these photos. <laughs> but that's just like. <laughs> Who took this photo? That's just. <laughs> I mean, they're in focus and they're they're the same as now. The editing is just different. I've got more color and pop. The editing. And, you know, yeah. Right. It's different. So yeah. it makes us laugh looking back. But once we get to the reception, I personally introduce myself to the DJ or I know the DJ and I, they just see me roll in. They're like, hi, Hannah. And I'm like, hi. Otherwise, I introduce yes. myself to them. You've already met them, I'm sure. Um, Yes, yep. I let them take the lead. From my end, I'm like, whatever the planner wrote down, if they have a planner, or I'm like, hi, Mr. DJ or Mrs. DJ, um, you take over. I'm just going to photograph whatever is going on, and however – did they let you know I am contracted until this time, or maybe I'm there all night? Maybe yes. I'm contracted because a lot of DJs will say like, "How long are you here till?" And I'm like, "I'm here all night." And they're like, "Great, then we'll just do whatever." Um, others will be like, "Okay, you're done at nine, nine thirty. Let's make sure we get everything done." And then every once in a while, I run into a DJ that's like, "I'm just going to do my own thing. That's your problem that you're not going to be here." <laughs> Which, yes, <laughs> kind of oh sucks. brother, but you know, we love you're going to have a bad egg We love those. <laughs> <laughs> so from reception standpoint, yeah, at what that does point, your yeah what does your timeline look yeah, like?
1: Yeah, at that point, it's you're exactly right, Hannah. You literally, I would say right when after those detailed shots of the reception and like we get everybody announced into the room, um, and we get all those special moments, you know, obviously super trendy right now for a timeline is announcements, first dance, getting it all out of the way, cutting the cake, toasts, blessing if you have a blessing, and then right into dinner. I'm seeing now speeches during dinner as well to kind of move that to for something to do during dinner. Um, and honestly, it, everyone's like, what's happening? I'm like, well, that's trending to get everything out of the way at the beginning. Yeah, But I still have those timelines that still want to do a cutting of the cake after dinner. So um, it really depends on how long you have coverage for for your photographer and videographer. Right. If you don't have them for much coverage after dinner, then you want to get those moments out of the way. So right. you're going to want to do... The cutting of the cake, the first dance. I even have some couples doing specialty dances there as well. If they had a nice, hearty cocktail hour, I think you're completely Mm -hmm. fine. Guests are not hungry. They just had an hour of cocktail hour. So they are not hungry at all. So you're good to go ahead and just add everything there at the beginning. But it's going to be a solid half hour before dinner. It's going to be a solid right. thirty minutes to forty minutes of getting all of that out of the way. But hey, it's done. And then as soon as you roll after dinner, it's party time. You're right. like, if you want to start with a big picture out on that dance floor, it's going to be go time. But oh, usually can we once, not? Can we not do the big picture? Oh. <laughs> I know those are so trendy now. They really are. And I do ask it during my timeline anniversary dance. Big picture, running around. You ask guests running to you. I ask because you, you're the problem. I, I'm the problem is me. No. Um, (laughs) so it's because (laughs) it's because they usually are going to ask, well, why didn't you ask that? They're going to say, oh, well, I saw this on TikTok," or, oh, I saw this. And then I kind of look like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I always like to ask like, Hey, this, this, and this, I'll be honest with you. Most of the time they don't want that. Like, it's very Mm -hmm. rare. Like, I'll have one that's just like they want everybody out on the dance floor. They just want everybody to be out there for party time. And I say sometimes you don't need that if you have a DJ or a band that's like, let's go. Like you do not need that kind of element. Um, But yeah, I would say pretty much like once you get announced into the room, you do all those moments or you don't do all those moments. Photographer, videographer, and most of the vendors, except for your planner and your coordinator and your uh, DJ or band, that's their go time. They're like getting everybody geared up for dinner. Vendors are usually after those moments sitting down to start dinner. I'm checking on the couple one more time to make sure they're good and they have drinks. Then your vendors do sit down and eat dinner with you. So that's the time so that they can be prepared for if you didn't do specialty dances or if you didn't cut your cake before prior to dinner, then we're ready to get those moments after dinner. So most venues understand that vendors need to eat. Um, like relatively soon into the dinner process just so mm-hmm. that they can be prepared and ready um, for your special moments after dinner. So dinner is usually an hour. If you're doing buffet service, it's usually an hour and 20 minutes depending on the venue that you're at. It yes. depends on how quick the staff is and catering staff. Um, If you're doing a plated function, it's going to be three courses. So it's usually your salad course, your main entree course, and then a dessert course. If you cut your cake ahead of time, guess what? It's going to go just like that. If you do not cut your cake ahead of time, they're not going to get their cake until about, I would Um, say, like somewhere after specialty dances when they're all getting up and going on the dance floor. So that's one thing to think about. If you really want your guests to eat your cake, say you're like, I had the best cake. I love cake. I'm a cake person or I'm a dessert person. This is what I had. You might want to add cutting the cake at the beginning. I have a funny um, cake story uh, yeah. that we can
0: use as a womp too. Yeah. So makeup Ooh. and cake are going to mix to womps. But no, I, I just thought of three things that we need yes. to cover. And we're going to have to sp- – <clears throat> here I go again. We're going to have to split this into a part one and a part two because holy crap. But timelines are just going to make your whole day. So we knew this episode was going to go long. But yes. let's, let's can yes. we go back to the group picture? And I need to talk about this. So the group picture. The reason I was like, can we not? Because if <laughs> if if we have a average or large reception guest count. Unless I have a specialty lens that goes so wide, like real estate wide, <laughs> which most wedding photographers are not going to have. I can't yes, no. it doesn't matter if I stand on a chair, shoot with my arms above my head with my back pressed up against the wall. I can never get far enough back with two, 300 people to not cut people off on the ends. That's That's the main problem with the group. And then there are people cut off. Now there will be professionals that will be like, oh, well you could make a composite photo and that's where you take like the left side of the picture and the right side of the picture and you put it together. But everyone has been drinking for a composite photo. People cannot move because the people in the center need stitched together. So if they move. Yes. Their left and right sides are not going to match and there's no way to stitch them together. So that's when it makes the group pictures very difficult. Some of these receptions are like – the rooms are like long, like they're like rectangle long. So the wall that my back is pressed up against versus the people that are on the dance floor because they can't get pressed up against the other side, there's just no way for me. And I – for anyone asking ask, I have a 24 millimeter wide lens for all you techie people. I would need like an 18 millimeter, which very few wedding photographers are going to have that because we don't need it. There's no use for it except for a very yes. large group photo. For
1: so, large
0: in- group. Photo. <laughs> yeah. And some people for wedding photographers are not going to have anything wider than what's called a 50 millimeter lens. So you're definitely not getting everyone in the photo. So group photos are very stressful, especially when they're thrown on me and I'm not expecting it. Um, I right. do it so all the time. it's good to like know. Yeah, it's good right. for you to know if that's coming. But I get and, – and then light, like lighting, to light everyone. I usually don't have a problem with it because the dance floor is already lit, but it's just – it makes it difficult. If you're going to have a lot of people, people may get cut off on the edges, and I just want people to be prepared for that. The other thing that I was going to say about you saying get every, getting everything done ahead of time, it's not necessarily – for me because I'm usually again there at 9 9 30 so we can get stuff done before I leave or I'm there the whole night um people's attention span anymore is very limited and I feel like getting everything done ahead of time people are still in the moment and paying attention I feel like anymore what did what is that Pasha ate something that doesn't that looks like a medicine bottle (laughs) <laughs>
1: literally it's Zyzol. maybe i should be really careful with having a baby i'm like what is she chewing on <laughs> Zyzol. it's fine everything's fine he's
0: prepping if pasha can eat it the baby can eat she it has allergies you know. <laughs> but no i, Sorry, I feel like but yes do you find that people like when you do the fir- the first dances after dinner i feel like people have consumed enough alcohol they're chatting and having their own conversations and they're not paying attention and they're talking the whole time
1: i guess i don't see that unless we add in specialty dances i usually am a no no for specialty dances at the start of there so if you're doing announcements first dance cutting the cake speeches blessing if you have two speeches i think you can keep them there if you have multiple speeches and a welcome speech do them during dinner Um, and more towards the end of dinner because your DJ or band have to eat and then they're going to come back to do those speeches at the tail end of dinner, which is kind of nice because then you go speeches right into specialty dances. Then you really don't need like a big picture or something like that or an anniversary dance unless you want to do it because you're already like they know it's party time because after that last specialty dance, that DJ or band is like, Hey everybody, it's time. Mm -hmm. The dance floor is open, blah, blah, blah. So whatever they want to say. So I would say I don't see as often doing everything at the beginning. I see more of like announcements, first dance, speeches, blessing. And sometimes a cutting of the cake thrown in there, depending on how they want the cake served. Most of the time, almost 90% of the time, specialty dances are after dinner.
0: Yeah. So it's just more of I see that.
1: that. Yeah. I was like, I still see a lot of specialty dances after and cutting of the cake after like that's usually anything that's after. I don't see a lot of first dances anymore after no. dinner.
0: Um, I don't know. I feel again, like I it's the only. T- go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Carry on. I was no, gonna say. Go I ahead. think it's a it's a grand entrance into your reception to come in, celebrate, and then the music starts to play, and you go right into your first dance because again, you have people's attention. I don't know. I think it's a nice little touch to do first dance right off the bat, but that's just personal oh for taste. sure.
1: I think if you make it too long, then you'll run into guests getting bored. Mm -hmm. But I think if you definitely, the only reason I sometimes say that uh, my couples do want to do that, they want to get to party time. They're like, Hey, I don't want to be pulled for these moments. I literally want to do everything at the beginning. And then I want to be with my guests. Mm -hmm. So I then say, this is a good point for shortening your specialty dances. So if you're putting everything at the beginning, that's, you know, the first minute of a song for you and dad. It's the first minute of a song for you and mom. Your first dance is two minutes. So yeah. don't make them the full four-minute song. Make them a shorter version of it, and then
0: we're not there as long. Right, and that's something to ask your DJ, <clears throat> pardon me, that if they can do. Yes. Can they, like, fade yeah. songs? Because, I mean – I, don't, I mean, I assume – I don't know. I don't know anything about DJing, but I assume that that's, like, a very basic principle. But it's worth asking to make sure that they can do that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they have
1: to be able to do it. And, and release tables. Band. Some bands won't do it. Yes, yes. If you have a venue that does, does not have a strong catering staff, or if you have an outside caterer coming in that does not – and most don't – release tables – Right. That's the usually DJ then the responsibility it. of the DJ. Yeah. or Do you release table tables? table coordinator. Okay. Yep. I can release tables. So I'm finding that. I actually had a DJ, this is my last wedding of the season, um, look at me and say, oh, I'm not releasing tables. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, thank yeah. God I was there. Because if I wasn't right. there, I don't know what would have happened for dinner surface. Because it was kind of like right. no catering staff. Like, I'm glad she ha- had like that middleman me that I was right. able to, to make all that happen.
0: And people are probably wondering what we mean by release tables. It's whenever you have a buffet and someone stands yes. by the tables and tells them when they can get up and go. That way the buffet line doesn't get congested and backed up. Yes, yes, because it will. Yeah, if And you have a lot of guests that just
1: get up on their own and go mm. to the buffet table because <laughs> – They're like, it's my turn and I said so. Um, But the whole point of it is so that you don't have this buffet line that's like running into other guest tables. Um, And they're just going to be – rather than just sitting and waiting, they're going to be standing and waiting. So there's really a way to do it. So yeah, I'll I'll definitely jump in and release tables. But most venues have a catering staff and they're usually – they have a banquet manager. Um, Or a captain, um, a
0: banquet captain, and they will release tables. A banquet captain? I've never heard that before.
1: Yeah, Hmm. the old banquet captain. So
0: we've done first dance, cake cutting speeches, specialty dances, which are like mother, son, father, daughter, or whatever it may be. Um, Garter and bouquet last year never happened. So I think that is done. And they're not happening this year. I've only got like one or two that are doing like a bouquet toss. That's it. Okay. Anniversary dances. Garter's gone. yeah, garter. It's very old tradition. We don't need to be doing that in 2024. We don't. Um, but uh in anniversary dances are still happening. Um it's one we of my are. favorites whenever the old couple I love it too. I think what our last couple was what, sixty three years know. or something like that? Something wild. Um and then money dance still happening, I'd say 50-50, would you say? Yeah.
1: Uh, I probably this coming year, because I've done most of my planning, it's been – it's more now like 70 no, 30 hmm. yes. Okay. So I it's don't really love it, phasing so
0: out. that would be great. Yeah. Um, And then open dancing and then send-offs. Let's wrap up with send-offs yeah. and then I have some Q&A and then – We'll go from there. Um, send offs lives. Yeah. We can do sparklers. We can do bubbles. We can do glow sticks. Confetti go- cannons. Oh, yeah. But it needs to be biodegradable for most yes. venues.
1: Um, yes. Yeah. Biodegradable for almost all venues. And if you're going to do confetti cannons at night, you need to do the neon so that you can actually mm-hmm. see them um, if it's dark yes. outside. And you want to do it in kind of like a darker mm-hmm. area, not where it's like all yes. lit up. I'm starting to see sparklers are fading out and more glow sticks.
0: Okay. So I was actually going to say that glow sticks are not bright enough and do not show up. Those beautiful photos that you see with the bright, colorful glow sticks most of the time are Photoshopped. Those are fake glow sticks. We have placed an overlay on it to make it look more than what it actually is. So tell your couples, unless you have a seasoned photographer who knows what they're doing and or Photoshop, glow sticks are probably not a great option. They just don't emit enough light to show up in our photos. Um, especially because we need to do it in a dark location so that the glow sticks show up. But then we still have to light the couples from the front with flash, and our flash just like blows the color out because they're they're just they're just a chemical light. They're not like a light, so they don't have enough. They're color, not like a so. bright light.
1: Yes,
0: right. So that's not something you want to do if you have a specific glow stick like photo in mind. Because again, on Pinterest, most of them are photoshopped. It wasn't what happened oh, yeah, in 100%. real life. And yes. then. If you are going to do sparklers, it's not because I don't want to stay till the end of the night. It's because it becomes extremely dangerous to give very drunk people hot metal rods and expect to run down a tunnel while they swing them at your face.
1: Yeah, I can't tell you how many burns I have on my arms. Like, thank goodness it's just, like, little – they don't, like, scar. But yeah. But, like, if I'm getting them, the couple's getting them. Yeah. So – and it's just because they can't get it lit. They're too yeah. long. Like, it's they're all drunk. the things.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I, you're I phys- having a good
1: time. That's whole point I
0: are. physically had to keep putting my foot in this man's, like, leg, thigh, chest – to keep him away from me because he was just having a great time with his sparkler and he was whipping it and waving it. And it was coming so close to my face, my head. And I kept having to just take my foot and just like push him away from me because he didn't have any idea what was going on. And I'm thinking when this bride (laughs) runs through here with her boot, (laughs) her veil and dress, someone's going to catch on fire. So if you're going to do a sparkler exit, what I recommend is clear it with the DJ But do a mock send off, but not with all the guests. Because if you take all the guests outside early, just for sake of a photo, it's going to trigger their brains that the party is over and some are going to get in their car and leave. The ones that go back inside, it's very hard for the DJ to get the party started again, to get that vibe back up to the same level. So do a mock send off. We will grab a bunch of your friends, bridal party, maybe your parents. It's more controlled. It's less people with hot metal. They have not had the two extra hours to consume alcohol. I can direct more and talk to them more, um, to make sure that we get the photos we need, but safely also waiting till the end of the night on the, cause again, if couples are like, Nope, we're doing a sparkler send off with all the guests at 1130. Fine. I will be there. But what normally happens is ever, I had one groom, he held his beer the whole time. His mouth was like wide open. It was not a romantic, like sparkler send off it was a wild drunken crazy whatever and then I had another one where guests were smacking the groom's butt as he was running through so in all the pictures there's people <laughs> touching his bum oh. so <laughs> it didn't it, you know it and, and I can't control that I can't you know I can tell them as right. much but a lot of the times at the end of the night they're not the beautiful pinteresty send off photos that you're used to seeing they are very party mess and if that's what you want that's that's great that's what you're gonna get but it's very hard to control 200 drunk people
1: oh yeah for sure i definitely agree with you does it always happen the way that i want it no most want all of their guests but i agree with mock and i usually give that option like hey why don't we i actually have a wedding coming up at the omni this year and like their bright lights in the front, like they really want that and the sparklers all around. And it, you can definitely tell the photographer who took that photo edited it like yeah. wild. Yeah. Um, but I told her, I said, do you see how there's only 20 people? Mm-hmm. It's literally their bridal party and like their parents. Right. So well, cause you're dealing with street was- city traffic. Yes, yes. So, um that will definitely probably have to be the case for that. And I was like, honestly, you'll just run out there and then run by, right right run right back into party time. It'll take maybe 15 minutes to get those shots that you want um because her venue is so close to the front. So, yeah, that I, I love that for sure. If you don't have any of those other moments like we talked about, it's literally party time send off and then you're on your way and your vendors are coming back and I have this on my timeline as well for teardown. Uh, some hire me for, um, I, that is an add on in a package. Uh, some add me for teardown and some do not. The only thing I say about this is if your venue allows you to keep your things there overnight to come back in the morning, you do not need us for teardown, but if they are wanting you out by midnight, which most do midnight, 1am, you are going to have to have somebody there that can have everything tore down, boxed up, ready to go and out of that room completely. Um, so I usually add that into the timeline for you as well so that whoever me or another vendor is tearing down for you, they know, um, when they can come back in. And usually your vendors are like waiting for, they're there about 10 minutes before your reception
0: ends, um, for teardown. I'm so glad I don't have to be there for teardown. It makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I don't mind it. It's more of like when, um... Because I have
1: most of my packages come with nine hours of coordination service because I just noticed that's like the typical most don't need me there longer than nine hours. Um, It's more of like when I have my like it's literally so funny 10 hours 11 hours even that extra hour and then I have to come back. I'd rather just stay. So I usually am making them add on just the rest of the coordination for the day and then adding that teardown service just because it doesn't make sense for me to take a right. break go home come back and then come back yeah so yeah I actually like teardown I like like seeing everything kind of put together back together again like nice and clean and tidy and knowing that their things aren't breaking one of like the worst things I've ever seen is like family like jumping in to help and I just hear crash yeah. and crash and crash and i'm just thinking oh no all this money that they've spent on all these items are just like because family trying to be helpful but they're also intoxicated so they're literally just throwing things everywhere so it's just kind of like if you want to resell your items definitely just have your coordinator pack up your things at the end of the night
0: that's it that's it that's the day that's all we got that's the day that's the day before and that's Mm. the day I did have some um questions come in from our Instagrammers Yay. here. Am I super echoey now? Or do I sound okay to you? No. I don't, I don't you mean? sound normal to me. Okay. So I actually had two questions come in. Oh God, what is happening here? Okay. And they were related, so I'm gonna read them. Um one listener said, "Should you tip your wedding vendors? If so, how much?" And from a different individual, a similar question came in, "What's the vibe on tipping vendors who are self-employed?" has this been asked. And I don't think that we've ever talked about tipping vendors and you as the planner are There's often the ones never. that have to hand it uh-huh. to me. So what I know what my opinion is, but what what is your opinion on tipping vendors, how it works, all the things?
1: Oh, this is like a tough one. I don't usually love saying my opinion on what – that you should or shouldn't. I'm just kind of like, I think that's really great right. if they do. Uh, and then I just kind of hand them out. Uh, do you have to? No. Is it etiquette and like – I guess – I'm just going to say etiquette. Is it etiquette to tip mm-hmm. your vendors? Is it good etiquette? Absolutely. So they are providing a service just like when you get your hair done, just like when you go to the restaurant mm-hmm. and you're having dinner. Now, do you need to tip 20% on Hannah's bill? Do you need to tip 20% on Ashley's bill? Absolutely not. That, that's not how the tipping world works in, in weddings. Um, I just always say that your vendors – put their invoices together within mind of what they're going to be doing on your wedding day. But they also are going to be doing, I mean, I'm speaking for the two of us, right? You might have your other vendors. You don't know what they're going to, you may know, or you may not know what they're going to bring to the wedding day. Hannah and I know that we're going to give, we're going to show up early. We're probably going to stay yep. a little bit later than we said. Um, We're going to always just do a little bit extra. Do we expect tips? I'm sure I'm, I'm speaking no. for Hannah, but like I don't, right. I don't. And I'm sure Hannah doesn't either. So um I would say it's 50 I would say it's like 60 40. It's like 60 yes, 40 no. And that might be different for you as a photographer. Yeah. But I see coordinators tipped more than most vendors. And I see DJs tipped most than uh than other vendors. The ones that I don't see tipped often are photographer, videographer, florist, uh hair and makeup is usually tipped. Um, and then the venue is usually never tipped because they already have a service charge in place. I do recommend if you have a venue coordinator, they usually do not get much of the service charge that you paid for. So I do recommend giving a separate um, tip to your venue coordinator. So do I, which boils down to the icky question that I have to answer, do you tip your vendors? it's good etiquette too. Absolutely. Like they're providing you a service. I think even if it's something small, it's still something to be like, thank you for being through this process with me. Thank you for creating this, you know, amazing experience and the service provided. Um, and then we can talk about how much I think is customary, but yes, I think it is in good etiquette.
0: So I, I receive gifts a lot like actual gifts and i never like yes i've gotten christmas ornaments um coffee cups i've gotten camera straps like my couples are gifters it's always been that way i honestly don't get tipped that often and that's okay I don't expect a tip. I know these. I'm so glad these two people asked this question because I know it's gone viral recently. Like how out of control tipping yes. culture is. Like everywhere that yes. you go, no matter what you do, they're flipping the little powder on They're like, "You want to leave a tip?" I know um, to go get your coffee. Literally, yes. You know, it's like you feel like, like I put it. A yes. Dollar. Yeah. Um, I've even heard grocery stores are starting to do it, and people are like, why? I self-checkout. Like, who am I tipping? Um, I do notice that my city weddings, I think it's a cultural thing. I also think it's a demographic thing that my city weddings, my Pennsylvania weddings um, particularly, I tend to get tipped um, from those couples. And then my more rural weddings, the ones closer to home, I don't get tipped. But I don't even think I tipped my own wedding vendor. So again, I think it's a cultural thing. But my personal opinion on where I stand with tips is that you earn your tips by going over and above. I don't think that tips should ever be expected. So I know a lot of couples will prepare the envelopes ahead of time and they'll give them to you, the planner, and have them hand out. I think if I had to redo my wedding over again, and this might be completely wrong, um, but I would prepare general tips ahead of time with certain amounts and then tip when appropriate. Did this vendor go over and above for me on my wedding day? Then yes, they get a tip. Did they do the bare minimum or did they kind of tick me off here and there? They're not getting a tip. Yes. But that's my own person. Yeah, that's I don't kind know. why like
1: Venmo, yeah. No, I agree with you one hundred percent. That's why Venmo and Cash App are a great thing. So that yeah. if you can say like maybe to your planner or coordinator, or if you don't have right. one, a prior to ahead of time, hey, what is your Cash App and Venmo? Right. Just to have it that way. After it's all said and done, when you get back from the honeymoon, or even whenever you want to, um, if you're not taking a honeymoon, and say, listen, they did right. so great. That's when tipping, you know, comes in.
0: Right. Um, and I, so I, I definitely did.
1: agree with that.
0: I did read something a long time ago that I found it and it said that, that the technical real way to do it is that you don't tip the owner of the business, you tip the employees or assistants of the business. And I was like, Huh. I don't well, I don't yeah, know. I, I like that. I mean, it makes sense, but I, I like don't know that, that. But yeah. I don't know if that meant like owner because the owner wouldn't be the one that was there on the wedding day and the employees and assistants would be, which made sense. But then like this you know, listener said, right, said self-employed. Yeah, we're the owner, but we're also the one providing the primary service. So again, I'm going to circle back to tip based on how you feel about that person, how they performed their service and delivered the service. And did they go over and above engage it that way? Go with your heart. Tip and, with your heart. Yeah. And if you
1: had like a great – like I, the reason I usually get tipped prior is because of the great experience they've had prior to and how much I've done right. additional before then. And that might be the case with some vendors that they're like, wow, they just did so much already. Like I already know it's going to be amazing on the wedding day. So I have that too. So as far as how much, definitely um, – and p- people are going to disagree with me on this. I usually say – um, depending on it's like a hundred to $200. Like it's literally not percentage. It's literally like, okay, um, a uh, hundred dollars. And if they have assistance, maybe like $50 or you just say $200 for Ashley. Cause she had two assistants and I, I split everything with my assistant. So do I, yeah. if they didn't get anything, like I literally, whatever is handed to me that night, they literally see it and I give it out to them. Um, you know, and it just depends on the vendor. Like, coordinators and planners usually get more just because of they have put in a lot of time Mm -hmm. with the couple in planning. So that's one's usually like, I'm going to be honest, it's usually like 500 um, and above sometimes. But customary, I would say, for just a wedding day coordinator who just comes in like a month before and then does the wedding day with you, photographers, videographers, DJs, most Mm -hmm. do not tip the florist. I'll be honest. And I don't think it's Mm -hmm. unnecessary unless you see... That you really want to tip right. them, absolutely, please do. Um, uh, I'm gonna leave hair and makeup out of this. Efficient uh, is usually yeah. the same. Yeah, efficient uh, is usually like us. I would say it's usually about a hundred to two hundred dollars. That's that's normal. Like I see that, but more that can frequently add up than not. And that's that a lot if you really think about fast. it. You have a photographer. Wow. You have a videographer. You you have a coordinator. You have a DJ. You have an efficient. I mean, we're already up to if you did two hundred dollars, two, four, six, eight. $10, $1,000. Over $1,000. Yeah. 000,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So I
0: would say that's
1: average. That's what I usually see is for okay. most
0: vendors to get 100 to 200 yeah. That's what I usually I would say see. I get tipped anywhere from 50 to $200 when I do get tipped. And again, I don't expect it. So it's always a nice surprise. And sometimes I get it mailed to me yeah. after the fact. Like I get a card same, in the mail and there's same. like a gift card or cash or whatever in it. But... All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for writing in. We had a good amount of questions come in, which was really exciting. So We do. I love it. All love right. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of What in the Wedding. You can find us currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio, I believe. Yeah. Oh,
1: We're getting fancy, fancy. now. Please remember to follow, subscribe, and leave us lots of stars so we start showing up as you recommend podcasts and suggestions for our new listeners. If you have topics, suggestions, questions, news stories, anything that you want us to talk about, anything in general at all, you can reach out to us on Instagram or email us at whatinthewedding, all one word, at gmail.com.
0: Yay. I switched that up on you. I don't know where all those words came from. (laughs) You're lucky I've acted in my life. I was able to pull up that improv. <laughs> oh, man. All right, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye.